tell me what you're saying about famous people. Tell me about the famous people. We were talking about the fact that Zoe Kravitz is now dating Channing Tatum, which I'm very confused by. Not weirded out, just confused. And I don't know why I'm confused. Is it because you don't understand them as a dynamic? I just... I this, don't know. It, this is lovely listening to ourselves. Listen to yourself for this episode. It's so nice. I yeah. love listening to... Not love listening to myself. I just like the way it is in my ears or something. Yeah, like. it makes... And I feel more like I'm actually recording something. Yeah. As opposed to just talking. This, but this might hold me back. Why? Because I could hear the stupid things I say. We'll just stop. Um, here you go. Um, yeah, I... The thing you were saying about famous people where you were like, they're living with each other and they've only... And like two like weeks. And she got married and now she that marriage lasts for six months. Yeah. And then she's been through... Like, famous people are... And this is just my theory. Your theory? Consensus. But they're a special kind of narcissist. Oh, of course. You have to be. Yeah, but I think because of that, they love bomb each other. Oh, absolutely. And I think they yeah, like think yeah, that's yeah. perfectly acceptable. And I think that when two people think that's how relationships should feel, well then, like eventually... That's what's going to happen. It's unrealistic. Like that kind of feeling and emotion these, that's and intent. All, it all ends. And I always think as well, you know when famous people get together and they get together and they're married in like four months. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh my God. Like what's her face? Kat Dennings... And Andrew WK. Andrew WK. Everybody's like, oh my god, girls. And they're like on Instagram for 15 seconds and like saying how much they love each other and blah, blah, blah. And then a year later they break up and everyone's like, oh my god, why did they yeah. break up? Because it's not realistic. It's not realistic. Because they're two famous people and they've been told they're for their careers, you can have whatever you want, you can do whatever you want, money is no object. And these they get into these relationships and they're just like throwing money at each other. Yeah. So obviously you're going to be like, oh my god, yeah, I'll totally move in with you because we don't have any problems. There's no issues. We have money. Yeah. We have fame. We're amazing. And then a year down the line they're like, oh no none of this is real no and I actually don't like you no I don't and like and then you. they all break up and I can't like the it's, feeling that I had in the beginning isn't there anymore no. so clearly I don't love you this is not real and it's like that's not what love is no love is like oh shit we have to pay the electricity bill love but is you know what I mean? love that's is, it but love is oh shit we have to pay, pay the electricity bill but you know what we'll pay it and we'll be grand and we'll be grand because yeah. we're like do you know what we'll watch a movie tonight because I always I'm feel like do you feel like if I, I know listen I, nobody should be a martyr or nobody should struggle and I don't mean this in the sense that like oh uh, you know we should all struggle but I think if you don't have struggles in life the good stuff doesn't seem real no because all you know is that good stuff mm. and I also think my thesis is a lot of the reason why famous people turn to religion and drugs because it's these religion is this thing where they're like well I have everything and I'm not happy yes so maybe this other thing will make me happy or I have everything and I'm not happy so I'll just start doing these substances Mm -hmm. and maybe they'll give me the kick that I need because listen I'm not one of those people that like money doesn't bring happiness because yes it does because you I I hate say I hate that phrase where people are like money doesn't give you happiness because I could say to any poor person in the morning what would solve your problems and money and money would solve your problems money can't bring you money can bring you happiness but money can't can't solve everything I think think there's a what the saying actually should be is money doesn't make doesn't fulfill you yeah money is but it like can make you happy, happy. it gives you the option it gives to, you options like, and choices and I know that like since <clears throat> I've gotten a better job and yeah. I'm financially more stable like that we have so much less problems your pressure your pressure system because drops. Like, our pressure drops yeah. off and we're not stressed out yeah. constantly and me and Graham aren't looking at our bank account to the Going, end of the month ah, being like yeah. how do we get yeah. to month how do we get to the 19th of September like how do we like get to this? the 28th like yeah. this like how do I get Linny to school but they, don't like, they say all that of those things like the second biggest reason the first reason main reason that people break up is because cheating and the second is money Oh yeah, and I'd say a lot of it, and like, cause the other thing that happened when I got more money is the dynamic changed between me and Greg. Yeah, 
And that can be more complicated. Of course, absolutely. Because yeah. all of a sudden, Graham sometimes will be like, oh, I feel bad taking this and I yeah, feel bad yeah, taking yeah, that. Yeah. And I'll be like, hang on. Between me and you, there was a point, a point for a long time where you were the yeah, bigger earner. That's it. And I, I never, I never felt bad. <laughs> I was like, no, but I get it. It's like money, money is a weird thing. Money can create so many issues. It can create, it can create problems and it can solve so many so, things. Yeah. So it's like this dangerous thing. I love money. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit there and go, I don't love money. I fucking love money. I love having money. Yeah. I love like waking up and going, let's go for food. I want to buy this thing. Blah, 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 blah. But I, I, st- I actually love paying my bills. I love paying my bills. I love, I there's a love-hate thing where I'm like, when I get up in the morning and I'm like, I just got paid and all that money's gone. But that comes from our childhood. Of course. But then afterwards, I'm like, oh my God, all my bills are paid. This yeah. is amazing. Like, and I think you, sometimes you don't, people, you have to reach that point in your life because not everybody's there. No, not God, everybody's no. there. No. A lot of people don't pay their bills. And whatever, do whatever you want. But when you reach that point where you're like, my bills are paid, I'm fucking... <sighs> yeah. That kind of feeling. Yeah, no, like, absolutely. That's gone. Don't one worry about it. The one thing I dislike more than anything is buying food. <laughs> Like groceries, yes. yeah. I hate. I get my Tesco delivery, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Yeah, sake. I get like because I do online Tesco's order, and then I'd be like, uh, "But you know what the worst thing about the online Tesco order is? It doesn't take the money right away. It only no. takes it, and then you when go check it, your bank balance, and you're like, "Fuck!" Yeah. Sake. You're like bollocks. Um, and I find the online Tesco thing fucking dangerous. I buy more stuff on that than I ever would in a shop. Because it's just there and they always do this thing. They're like, if you like this, would you like this? And I'm like, yes, I It depends on the month. I do it all the time. I do. The, I try to do this thing now lately. I've been doing it for like four months. This is so boring. <laughs> Where I spend a very specific, like I know exactly yeah. how much everything should be yeah. for the house for the full month. Yeah. And I try my best to stick, stick to, that. to that. But in that is all of the stuff that we like. Yeah, of course. So it's not like... It's not just like all the, uh, mushrooms and onions. Yeah, no, and it's like this is what tablets. we need for like everything we like. Like the good fairy washed yeah, up liquid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good dishwasher tablets. Yeah. The like really nice biscuits. The stuff that like I think if you work, that's the stuff that makes working oh worth yeah. it. Do you know that way where you're like, do you know what? I can get the Fox's Classics. Yeah. Um, and two packets. And they're not even on offer and I don't care. But famous people don't have that. No. Like, but that's the thing. But you're I, so right. Money is that thing in a relationship because my parents are so weird about money with each other. Yeah. You've been <gasps> telling me that before. They're so... My mom does this thing where she's like, that's your money. That's not my money. To your dad. And, like, and my dad would be like, what are you talking about? Like, this is I our house. Mean, like, we live together. Our house. We, we have to eat. We've been together for over 30 yeah, years. Yeah, like, we like, have to eat. Um this is not my money and she'd be like no no and it's like this weird power thing my mother doesn't talk about money and I don't talk about money this is very rare for me I don't really talk about money but my mother doesn't you don't bring up money around my mother you don't talk about it it's very gauche it's very like you keep that to yourself that's private and I don't know if that's like I don't know what that is but I'm like that and my sisters are like that as well we don't talk about money we don't talk about money like except to say if one of us is like I'm broke this month but other than that we don't talk about how much we earn we don't talk about like none of my family know how much I I earn a month and I don't know how much any of them earn a month I don't think my my, none of my siblings know but my we don't talk about it like my mum would probably have a fair idea yeah I try my best not to tell her. Yeah, like, probably for the best. Yeah, so, like, she wouldn't really know now, but there was a point where she would know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Like, I do, I always say, I love money, but I do hate money as well, because when, I hate money in the sense that, you know, when you're going through an, a problem with money, mm. it is, 
it takes over your entire life. Like you can't sleep, you're stressed, you're snapping at people because you're stressed. Like there was a point in mine and Graham's relationship worse, where we man. couldn't pay our mortgage. Yeah. And like um, that's beyond stressful. And it was like like I was going to sleep like worried about like yeah. what's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Like we were in renegotiations with the bank, like because we have we bought our house just before the bubble burst. Yeah. And then the bubble burst. Like we bought our house, this is true. We bought our house and three weeks after we got the keys to our house, Graham got made redundant. Jesus. Um and like, it was like you hear stories like that and you're just like, what do you do? Yeah. Well the one thing I will say, and I had to learn the hard <clears> way, <throat> and it's only as I've gotten older and realised like just just fucking get on with it. Not just get on with it. The most important thing to do when anything like that happens is to talk to the bank. Yeah, of course. Because there's people, people that don't. don't people don't. And, um, I, and the reason I'm saying that is because I was one of those yeah. people for like the longest time I was like, I'm just going to ignore this. Because it's the same thing with electricity companies. People who are in arrears with yeah. electricity bills and who are like, and I get the part of me gets why they don't want oh, to. Oh, you know, because it's Cause terrifying. It's, fear, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's like, I don't know how to solve this. And you're almost in your brain going, if I speak to them, then this makes it real. Mm. Um, I'm gonna have to deal with this. But the amount of people that could just rip this and that's if you're in arrears with your electricity bill, I know electricity companies are shit. Ring them and speak to them. They will help you. Yeah. Like I've worked, me and Sarah Jane have worked. And for there's them. tons like they I don't think a lot you. of people don't know, but the St. Vincent de Paul have a fund and there's maps specifically as well. for well St. Vincent de Paul have a fund for specifically yeah, for electricity, electricity bills. If you're about to be disconnected. If you're very, very stuck and if you're very stuck with St. Vincent de Paul will help. Yeah. Um but yeah, no, and that's the other thing. When I rang, when eventually when I got on with it and rang the bank. I had done more damage. Yeah. And that's what it is. To our credit history yeah. by not doing what I should have done. Yeah. But it, wa- it was that thing where I was like mortified. Of course. I was like... Man, and it that's was, the other it thing about money. Money money brings embarrassment. Yeah. But I was mortified and also if I had rang the bank then I had to deal with it. Well, literally, I had to deal with it. That's like anything. That's like your mental yeah. health. That's yeah. like anything. Or like if you're having a problem with your relationship. Yeah. It's like if I talk about this, it's real. Yeah. Whereas if I just don't talk about it, la 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 yeah. la la. And like I was pretending, like just lying in bed, pretending it wasn't ha- like just being like pretending. I'd say you're, and then your stress was like. Oh yeah, and you don't yeah. even realize it's, it's like that because you're pretending, it's the worst, and you're putting on this face yeah, for everybody. Of and then eventually, like eventually, we like I did because it wasn't great. Because yeah. Graham is quite like, Graham has a much different relationship with money than I did growing up. He probably has a good one, unlike us. Yeah, no. <laughs> Do like, you know what I mean? Like, I was always I money was, was always like a problem. Yeah, I was always terrified of money. Always, it always I had issues. Like it was, and even when when we did have money, that was a problem when I was a kid yeah. because it was like one parent wanted to deal with it one way, and the other parent wanted to deal with it a completely different mm-hmm. way, and. One parent would be like, let's, my one parent be like, let's save it and do all this. And the other parent was like, we never have it. Let's spend it. Yeah. And then um, also the parent that wanted to save it was shy at saving yeah. it. Yeah. Like would save it. And then like, you'd yeah, be like, where it. did that go? And, and I think there is like two, two, type, two types of people that come when it comes to money. There's mm-hmm. that kind of. And I knew, and I know we spoke about this before, but I knew too much about my parents' finances. Way too much. Way too young. And like the anxiety and stress that puts on a child when you're like, I'm not even meant to know what money is. Like even... I'm not meant to know. Me and Graham, because obviously there's a whole stuff going on after the car crash. Yeah. We're really stuck at the minute with the car situation. Yeah. 
and two of us were talking about it in the car and it, we have a courtesy car and Lenny was listening yeah. and she went to us I don't want I don't want to because I said to Graham I don't think we're going to be able to afford to get a new car yeah. and uh, she was like I don't want to not have a car and I just went oh I just stopped and I just looked at Graham and I was like Lenny you don't have to worry about anything about any of that yeah. stuff and we just stopped talking about it and we just drove That's home. It. Like, that is but like, I just, like, I remember, I remember going to the post office yeah. and paying my mother's bills for her. I remember, like, uh, getting, answering phone calls. Yes! From, like, mm-hmm. yep. Answering phone calls because they didn't want to take them. Yep. Just tell them. Just tell them. Yeah, your mommy's not here. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Shite parenting, lads. Yeah. Shite parenting. I mean, like, 10. I mean, like, hello? Knowing. Heffernan residence. Yeah, like, like. No, knowing, <laughs> knowing that what a bill is. Yeah. Knowing what being in, in arrears is. Oh, knowing yeah. what, like, I owe money for this. But, like, I remember reading uh, an interview with a very famous person. I will get the name of them, I'll remember. And they were saying they grew up incredibly poor because their mother was a single parent and he had, like, two or three siblings. And he was saying he never knew he was poor. They were poverty stricken. But he Aww. said he didn't what a know. What about mum? Because he was like, my mum did not talk about money around us. She did not mention money. She was like, we didn't have the best food. We didn't have the best clothes. But she would always say to us, you know, this is this is good. This is what you need. This is These are the things you need. He was like, I didn't know we were poor. Yeah. And he was like, it was only when he went to like a secondary school, like high school, that he started to realise that they didn't have a lot of money. He said, but it, throughout his entire childhood never knew she never once mentioned money bills rent oh wow and that's incredibly difficult as well because imagine being a single parent and you're by yourself and you're trying to fucking yeah do all that like oh dude no that's so stressful everybody tries their best and everybody does their best but at the same time i would like to smack the shit out of my mom for how for the relationship we all have with money oh yeah i would love to to be like what the fuck kathleen like seriously because i think as i as i got older and as i got more comfortable and as i became an adult I think I'm yeah. more responsible of course I just realised how like st- like I um, we went because of everything with car I had to clear off a credit union loan yeah and um, we went I went down to the credit union and I cleared it off and I was like felt really good afterwards yeah, I no, was like, like dude like do not like getting rid of debt is the best feeling in the world um, like it absolutely smashed me and it's yeah. not something that I was like so but it's done now to be done. but it's I was done. like it's done now yeah. and that's a good thing and on your credit record that's a good thing yeah. you paid it off early and all of those things and I probably was trying to like see the silver lining in the situation because, but that's good as well but I was like because at the end of the day as I always say as soon as I pay my bills I'm like that's done I can't yeah. like I always when I get paid I always say this when I get paid on my day my payday I always go to myself that's not my money like yeah, I immediately money, I'm like, just take it out that's not my money I don't even, even if it's not, I don't even think about it I'm yeah. like that's not part of my budget it's not my money it's yeah that's I'm the same even if it's not you I like take it out of my money and yeah. put it into the place where it's going to be I'm saying from. that I'm still shit with money and oh. I buy stupid shit that I don't need consistently me too, me too. like I'm not going to sit here going I punch it so well no I no. bought a suit maker because I bought one for Kevin <laughs> But that's a great thing to buy. Oh, but I mean, even you I think do. that's a great I thing. I make to soup do. and pots all the time. <laughs> but it turned out really well. This, yeah. the, the chicken or the vegetable soup was fucking delicious. Um, it was perfect. I know, but it's a complete like they were like, I was saying when I bought it for Kevin and gave it to him, um, I was messing with him and I was like, it's like those when stand over here and make an infomercial as to yeah, how yeah, hard yeah. it is to make soup. 
and we need this thing and he was like do you do you not know how to make soup and just a picture of me like the house covered in soup um, but um, yeah so don't and we're not sitting here going wank wank with money because I'm not and I buy consistently buy dumb shit no and historically I have I do been like need. terrible money terrible and now even today we have to we're trying to sort out the car situation and I rang I seen a car and I rang a place yeah. and I immediately pretended like I had money because I was like but of course you did because you want them to give you the car no 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 not that because I was like I don't have money to buy this and I'm gonna have to get it on like a loan or finance or something and I don't want to own up to that so I immediately was like I've got all that money and then I just hung up and was like no you don't you can't buy that car no but dude like I totally get that I completely 100% understand Mm -hmm. that mentality like but I have gotten to the more kind of side of it where I'm like when I don't have money I'm like I don't have money like because realistically it's 2021 and we're all trying our best yeah everybody's trying our best and Dublin is a fucking expensive shithole of a county so fuck like, me we're trying our fucking best uh, that's yeah that was money corner <laughs> money corner do you remember that money, <laughs> money lady ball. that used to be on Oprah she has her own show now does the blonde she la- the, with the blonde yeah, blonde. yeah she has the her New own Yorker. show yeah she has yeah. her own show now um, yeah. and she just tells people Stop buying that! Yeah. They're like, hey, I have a budget of $12 and I spend a million dollars She's like, what? Yeah. She's like, sure I go to Starbucks every day. She <laughs> knows something and other people are like, stop going to Starbucks. I go to Insomnia every morning with Colin and, and I will we'll never, never stop. stop. No. Because I love it. It like, is like I part do, of my routine. I go to, you know, when I'm yeah. going to work, when I'm driving, I go to Starbucks drive Starbucks are like, there she is now. <laughs> They're like, hey, Sarah Jane. And I'm like, hey, Anthony. How's it going? Um, <laughs> But yeah, like, and I know that that's a stupid amount of money, stupid spend. But, but I can't, you have to. it's not even that I can't. It's like there are things that you're like, Do you know what? I absolutely deserve this, yeah, and it's nice. It's like I go over with Collie in the morning, and we get. To, it's so funny. The girl that works there has them ready for us when we're walking in. She's coming in the door. That's how often we go, and I'm like, I. It like makes it breaks my morning for me. Yeah. And it's like I'm chatting to Colin, I'm drinking my tea, and we're going. He walks back to my work with me, and it's just so nice. And I will never stop doing it. No. It's the last five year on my bank account. I'm so busy. <laughs> like, fuck it. Fuck um, it. Welcome to this week's episode of Murder Hello, Irish. 58, I think. 58? 58? Madness, I tell thee. Um, any housekeeping. Housekeeping? Yeah. I. She does. Do I have housekeeping? I don't know, do you? Emma from uh, Real Life Ghost Stories. Yes. Is back. She is back. And she put up a and new episode, episode. And the episode actually. is so good. Yeah, I to it when she put it up, and I was like, oh, she's back. Um, also, if you can, um, Emma has a Patreon. Real Life Ghost Stories has a Patreon. If you can follow her, that would be good. I think it's $5 a month, I think. Um, this content is frozen at the moment, obviously, for reasons. Um, but if you ever want to sign up for another Patreon, that's a good one to sign up for because they have lots of stuff on it. So um, yeah, and I'd just like to say thanks to Emma because she I actually, she was messaging me to say, get the Balenciagas if you haven't bought them. Get them! I haven't because I've been in the car crash and now I have no money. Um, oh, no! And I had to if I had off. the money, I would buy the Balenciaga. Oh, no. I had to clear off the loan with my Balenciaga money, but however, sure, it's not a better place for it. No. Um, I know it's not, but Emma, right now. Right now it is. Right now it is. Um, and then she, I just want to say thanks because she was saying about the lady to email about yes. the ads, and, the ads stuff. and stuff Emma's being so helpful to us so we're gonna potentially we're not gonna potentially today we're gonna email somebody while I'm dying Emma's hair about uh, trying to get sponsorship yes so we're gonna do that because Emma's the best and she knows what she's doing and she's so Emma's so like knows like she's like I'm doing this I know she does it I'm like useless. this is amazing how we do you are literally useless, useless. Like the two of us, so when I say the two of us just sit and drink tea I'm not exaggerating Um, the Facebook page mm-hmm. Um, 
a lady called Claire Soden. Uh, she said that she is more in love with the podcast because we mentioned Toast of London. Toast of London! I was watching Toast the of London show. this week. The it best is show such ever. a good show. But then I was watching... Because um, What We Do in the Shadows coming back. Yes. And everybody should watch What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. It's so good. But Graham made me watch Day Live. The movie? Yeah. And did you enjoy it? I watched it last night. Did you like it? Be honest. It's great. Come on. That fight scene? Come on. That fight scene is 25 it's minutes too long. long. <laughs> Why? <laughs> it's so good. And I love They Love and I thought I would hate They Love and I fucking love it. Um, But uh, also the minute the one from... So the, you know the, the girl in it? Mm-hmm. I'm going to ruin this now if people haven't seen ah, it. So if it's from um, the 80s. Come on lads. I want, a he- I want a Day Live poster. Yeah. So I've decided I want one. But do you know the minute that girl from, like the girl with the bright blue eyes came in? Huh? I was like, she's from He-Man. And Graham was like... <laughs> You talk shit about <laughs> my movie taste. He bad Masters there. of the Universe is one of the greatest movies ever made. With Colin's, Colin's going to agree with you now. Yeah. Um, Graham said that we should do a new piece on the Patreon Colin. where Colin makes me watch movies. Oh, that's a good idea. And me and Colin have a conversation about them because he was like... That's it, because Colin watches some shite. Yeah, and I don't. Um, but... You know, there's a season three of Toast of London coming up, but... He's in America. It's going to be in Hollywood, which I don't know how I feel about that because I think there's something. It's probably going to be one of those things now. There's just cameos every fifteen seconds. Probably, but it's um, like I don't like. Do you remember that show David Schwimmer was in with the two English? Oh, Matt LeBlanc was in. Oh yeah, Matt Joey. LeBlanc. Yeah, uh, I hated that fucking show. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to be. I because they were like, we're doing a show to London. And I was like, oh my god, new season! And then they're like, and it's in America. And I was like, oh. Um, but what I was saying was, it's too British to be in America. After they live, Bram Stoker's Dracula for Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula was yes. on. Did you like that? I've seen that movie so oh, many times. Okay, but okay. I was saying to Graham when we were watching when it was on because Graham's building that Lego house. I was like, I watched this movie with my dad. Really? And he was like, really? And I was like, I watched this movie. I would say honestly, about three years after it came out, <laughs> when it came to VHS, it came out in 1992, and I was nine. You should not have been watching that movie. Um, and I watched it. Anto, but. You know the bit where he's like, see me? Yeah. So like, um, Gary Oldman is like, see me, see, see me, me, see me. me. Yeah. And she looks, Graham was like, do you know in uh, What We Do in the Shadows where, uh, what's the guy, Matthew Berry? Matt Berry, yeah. Matt Berry is like out the window and he's like, he, do, he <laughs> does it, he's like, do you see me, see me. And it doesn't work so he bangs on the window. <laughs> and he's like, I still have it. <laughs> what We Do in the Shadows is so fucking What good. We Do in the Shadows is so good. I'm so happy for Natasha. Natasha, the known. Uh, Natasha deserves all the cinema's index. I hope you... <laughs> we all... The cinema's, cinemas index. Um, oh, Adam Buxton's back, by the way. Is he? released he? an episode and he has COVID. Buckles? He's got the Delta variant. What? Yeah, he did an episode this week. Uh, he was interviewing uh, Eric Andre and Phoebe Bridgers. That singer, that girl, singer girl. Oh. Uh, but yeah, um, he has COVID. I was like, poor Buckles. Mm. He was, I think he said he was in London for something and he thinks he picked it up. Everybody there. in London has COVID. Everybody in London has COVID. Put right. a fucking mask on your face. It's insane. Mad the amount of people I work with that are like, Jesus, oh, I've got COVID. And everyone's just, but it seems to be now, I've got COVID. Yeah. As opposed well, to, I, I've got COVID. The guy up north, so the Minister for Health in the north of Ireland was like, if you don't get vaccinated, it is absolutely inevitable now that you're going to get, get COVID. It. I saw that, yeah. Because um, like the amount of people I know that are like, oh yeah, I've got COVID. Imagine like that one guy at work that's like, oh, I've got COVID, yeah. It's mad. And he's really sick, but... Oh, I see. And a lot of people aren't understanding that you could get long COVID. Oh, I have a good story, actually. Oh, it's not me. a good story, but it's like a juicy, like, anti-vaxxer uh, uh, come up and story. Can we tell her? 
Yeah, go on. Okay, go on. So someone I, that's related to me, I won't say who. Tell me later. Um, was uh, like literally saying to their mother and father, "I'm not going to get vaccinated. I'm young. I blah blah blah. Yeah, blah. Full of life. And it wasn't my sister. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> okay, it wasn't Michaela. And um, their par- one of their parents has has to go for surgery really soon okay. and had to do like a medical before the surgery. And he was going to London to to London. Yeah. And the dad was like, "You're not coming back. Like, if you're not going to get vaccinated, fucking, yeah, like you're, surgery. You're like m- your mother has to have surgery. Like, you have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like." you know anyway he was like no I'll be fine I'm gonna be fine he's gonna work at like a, a festival type thing oh I know who you're talking about now okay. and got COVID fuck so rang his parents cause his, his dad was also like um you're going to like he had nowhere to stay he was staying in someone's couch oh, he was like you're going to somewhere where you could potentially get sick and then you can't come home and you're stuck on a couch in like a one bed apartment and then that's exactly what happened and he's really sick like fucking idiot and but now he can't come home because he's not vaccinated yeah he's not vaccinated A and his dad is getting fucking surgery no because he can't come home because he's got a test positive on his PCR oh shit he can't come home and because he's got because he's not vaccinated so the only way you're allowed to come back home is if he tests negative on the PCR no you can come home if you test positive on the PCR as long as you have a vaccination Ah. So if you're if you're vaccinated, if you're vaccinated and you have COVID, they'd be like, you can come yeah, home. Yeah, because someone whatever. else I know then, because that guy, I was like, man, <laughs> that's so silly. But anyway, he came home, mm-hmm. and here's the other thing: within two days of being home, went to a walk-in centre and got his vaccination. All right, you see, this is the thing. This is what's making me laugh about people. It's like, and I was listening to a thing, and he had to come home through Belfast. It's like people are like, uh, I was listening to the read and Crystal on the read was saying that uh, she was like, all these anti-vaxxers, she was like, I'd say a good 70% of them are vaccinated. She was like... They must be. She was like, they are. She was like, because they're, they're ma, 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 ma on Facebook. She was like, but you know secretly behind backs they got that vaccination because they want to travel. They want to sit in restaurants. But did you see what I sent you today? No. I sent you from the New York Times. No, not from the New York Times. Just from the Times. Was this on uh, message? I sent it to you on Instagram. Uh, they're signing in that if you're in America oh it was above the thing you sent me sorry I didn't see it yeah, FDA so grants full approval to the Pfizer bio and tech COVID-19 vaccine approved for people 16 and up making it the first move beyond emergency use in the US the decision will set off a cascade of vaccine requirements by hospitals colleges corporations and other organisations yeah so if you want to work in a hospital if you want to go to college mm-hmm. if you want to work in certain corporations yeah. because it's now going to be like an immunisation programme yeah, you have to and have not it. an emergency you have to have there was it. a college in the states I don't know what college was but they, they disenrolled about 2000 students that didn't have their vaccinations so the National Kidney Transplant Board came out in the Republic of Ireland to say that if you don't get your vaccine and I get it we're not going to put you on the we're not going to keep you on the list like, but now they've back backtracked and said no that's not the case but we will require you to give us full medical details yeah. and this may be a reason why you it could don't impact. Yeah. yeah 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 it's the likes of there's a person that we know that would potentially yes, end up course. on the list yes, 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 yes. but he can't get his second vaccine yet because he's been so unwell oh, um, so he therefore wouldn't be removed from the list but there are people who are just like not getting the vaccine because they're anti-vaxxers um, you yeah, know they're, they're uh, I just because like at present now in the Republic of Ireland it's like 4 four to 6% of the population is not, not being vaccinated, vaccinated yeah. um, which okay is kind of amazing no amazing it, like it is. but 
I just they're so loud for such a small group. So, but that's always the way. That's oh, the loudest people are obviously the dumbest people, a, eh? and they're always the smallest amount of people. Like I just you don't see understand. The in Australia, yeah. Holy! Did you see the video fuck. of that guy, the leader guy? No. Who did? Please God, he gave it? like this, like so he gave this like Sparta speech <laughs> where he was like, <laughs> "We are like literally like we are the people and we are the champions," and then he was like, "We are the strongest and we will not be taken by the weak." And then the like police came to arrest him, and there was like footage, like it's so funny. It's his own camera footage, and yeah. I don't know where someone got it. He must have live streamed it, and he's like, "Protect me, protect me!" <laughs> like, he's like, but that's it. The, a lot of these people are using these platforms because they're maniacal narcissists. Yeah, like, it's not about the, the vaccine. It's not about. It's about being like, ah, uh, it's like cult leaders. They yeah, don't no, care absolutely. about you. They no. care about power. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the scenes in Australia, man, I was like, fuck me, killings. Absolute killings. fucking killings. Absolute killings, as Craig would say. Please just get vaccinated. What are you... I'm so tired. What's the vaccination uptake in Australia? It's not good. Oh, is it not? No, it's Even not Even though they've had those really severe lockdowns. Yeah, it's not good. Like, they don't fuck about with lockdown. No, they don't fuck about with a lockdown. They're like, stay in your fucking house. Yeah. But Flavio was telling me one of his friends lives in Germany, and they got to a point in Germany where you weren't allowed to go into a food store unless you had a PCR test. So you could get food delivered to your house, but if you wanted to go to a shop, you had to have a PCR test. Because they oh. were like, there are people, we have to stop this. But it's like France, France have gone. Full. They're like, you're not getting on, a, you're not getting on a bus I if you're not America's vaccinated. I think America's heading that way. Yeah, they're like, you're not getting on a bus if you're not vaccinated. Fuck off. But then he's a racist sack of shit, so I mean, yeah. what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Um, I had something else to say and I can't remember what it was. It was, it was, uh, sorry, it's gone out of my brain. Uh, oh, I got Sarah listening to Dr. Death. I've started. Isn't I'm it in. insane? What the fuck? Like it's and the fact that it wasn't just one person and then it stopped. It just continued. Twenty eight people and they the just don't him understand. From hospital right? To hospital Here's to hospital. what I don't understand more than anything. What? How did he get his doctrine? I don't know. Because like I don't know. people are like he only did he did less than yeah less than two hundred yeah and he um. He, surgeries yeah less than 200 surgeries and I think there's like a rotation of like a certain amount of hours you have to do as well so the guy and that's, he didn't get that at all the like, guy that like um, started like this like the guy that was going around and fixing all of his terrible terrible things he did to people to the people that lived terrific um, was like if you had a toy, he was like, that can't, that has to be a discrepancy yeah. he was like, that can't be right yeah. and she was like, no I've checked and he was like Oh, like she said to him, how many surgical procedures did you get before you got your doctor? And that mm. was like, obviously, like when you're doing them, there's like, um, whoever is your mentor or your yeah. guide with you. And he was like, thousands. Yeah, thousands. It's like thousands. And isn't it crazy to think that instead, these hospitals, instead of being like, this oh, they were so terrified of suing. They were just, lit- litigation was all they were yeah. afraid of. So they moved this man around to murder people and destroy their lives. Destroy their lives. Like he's he paralyzed se- yeah, his best he friend. Severed uh, a spinal cord on a woman. I don't know if you're not that far yet. Like severed her spinal cord. Like, I. It's insanity. The entire time I was listening to it, was actually Karen, um, uh, my favourite murderer, who got me into it a couple of years ago, like two years ago, three years ago. And it's very gross and She was like, they go into yeah, a lot she of was detail. Like, it's very, very gross. Don't mind, I love gross stuff. So I was like, I definitely want to listen to this. I was like, there's three seasons. This has happened two more times yeah. in various, the third season. Oh, fucking wonder you've put everything behind a paywall. So from their new podcasts, so you can't listen, like I can only get two episodes of the new Dr. Death and I had to pay for the rest. And I was like, I'm sorry, listen. <laughs> I oh, have really? stupid dresses to buy yeah. can you not like just they said on the new one it's like if you listen on Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. you can hear it no 
There's two, I got two free episodes and then to get the third episode I had to pay for it. How much? I have no idea. I didn't even check. Then I was like, ridiculous. Oh, just give me a free podcast. You've got advertising. You're grand. Yeah. Uh, but in the new season of Doctor Death, it's this guy who uh, said he could make. It was pres- like a miracle or something. Prosthetic esophageal. Uh, like pieces for people so if your esophagus is broken or broken if it's damaged or you had cancer or you had cancer and he, was, he said he could make these fake ones that you can put in your throat what he couldn't at all and it's awful because I won't say because I'll spoil it for people but like the first episode is really really harrowing because of who he gave it to um, but yeah and people were just like yeah Grant and all these famous people believed to a kid. yeah yeah he did uh huh like horrible, awful. And then the reporter who was reporting on the child who had this really rare condition and he said he could fix it, she fell in love with him. Sorry, excuse me? And married him. Sorry? And he told her they were both divorced. So she believed this and her friends were on the podcast laughing at her. It's hilarious. He told her that he wrote to the Pope and the Pope told him it was totally fine that they get married in a church and that he would come and do the wedding. And she believed him until one of her friends went online and found the This was a movie. Was it? This got made into a movie. A made for TV movie? And what's his face? The guy that used to live behind me that was in Dawson's Creek. um, Pacey, Pacey. Yeah, Joshua Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson. Jackson. Is he in it? He plays this guy. This is insane because her her friend went online and found the Pope's schedule. Yeah. (laughs) Like the Pope's in South America. This got made into a (laughs) fucking movie. And her friends, it's so funny because her friends are on the podcast and they're all out and they're like, the Pope's doing your wedding. Insanity. She actually thought the Pope was coming. Funny believed the Pope was coming to marry them. Oh, we've talked about the new Patreon episode. Yes, the new episode of the Patreon. We have gone crazy. Colin wrote a big blurb. It's on Facebook. But basically Uh, we're mixing up everything. I'm going to read Colin's blurb blurb. because it's good. But also it's because we can't do MMI Drive. Also, Colin asked me not to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Colin's band Cell Games just released a single called Relics. It's on YouTube and Spotify. Uh, You can follow them on Instagram. Um, He really loves his band and he really loves music and... I just want him to do well. Yeah, me so too. If you can just give him a follow or a couple of listens or whatever, that'd be great because he's super talented. And he is super it. talented. So yeah, that's all I um, to say. We're flogging. We're flogging. We're flogging. We're flogging. So anyway, on the Patreon, it's a super exclusive, super show modelled after the main <laughs> podcast format. <laughs> I love this man. Uh, this week, we're all about the music with a special retrospective of Cindy Lauper and her classic debut album. She's so unusual, featuring songs, talk show outtakes, and our favorite Cindy memories. We also talk about the amazing bravery and strength that she's shown throughout her life. And that lady. A badass. A fucking badass. Um, We also have an in-depth discussion around the Irish live music circuit and the current COVID restrictions. Uh, Lily has now got her own corner on Patreon (laughs) called Lily's Tales because she won't get the fuck out of my room whenever we're recording. And Emma goes around Ballyferma and reads the graffiti off of Ballyferma lampposts. Um, That's, That's my life. And then, oh yeah, the usual Maximilian's mailbag featuring comments and questions. Emma's disgusted because no disgusting photos I didn't get any disgusting body pictures. I didn't get any disgusting... I got one disgusting story from a lady you'll have to get back to because she said she sent me pictures. (gasps) And once again, we'd just like to thank you so much for your support on the Patreon. It does really, really mean a lot. But also thank you to everybody that listens to this garbage. Yeah. Because I don't know how you put up with it, but thank you very, very much to everybody. No, thank you very much. Anyway, get into your story and shut your 
fucking mountain. Attention feminists! Murder Most Irish merchandise available now from teespring.com. Plain boring old tea's getting you down? Hey buddy, does your huddy scream fuddy duddy? Spruce up your wardrobe with brand new and improved MMI apparel exclusively from teespring.com. Don't be a mug, buy one of ours. Like to steal things? Conceal your identity at the local shop and go with a kooky face mask. Be the swingingest crazy bag lady on the block with our organic totes. Murder most Irish merchandise at teespring.com for all your murder feminist needs. Teespring.com is a third-party company. All stock manufacturing, purchases and refunds are handled exclusively by them. Any queries should be directed to www.teespring.com. Um, so my story this week, just as a trigger warning, uh, once again, because I tend to do this, uh, there's mention of the death of children, <gasps> sexual assault and rape, um, and murder, obviously. So just in case those things aren't, they're not anyone's thing, but just in case you, you feel like you don't listen. Um, I got my information from the independent.ie, the Irish Examiner, the Belfast Telegraph, um, Teacher Cahar, which is Maru in a Mask, which is like their documentary series about murders in small towns. Um, and then from a website called abigailreilly.com, she did a whole thing. Abigail Riley. Abigail Riley. She has her own website. She has her own website where she writes stories about true crime or novels about things about true crime. It's very good, actually. Um, so, yeah. So, that's where I got my information from. And I'll put all the references because I have the links to everything and I'll put them all in the episode. So, I am probably going to pronounce things incorrectly because this is in Kilkenny and they don't pronounce things the way other people pronounce things. So we'll Oh, figure out. Kilkenny's so pretty. So, on Christmas morning 2008, the residents of Wind Gap, County Kilkenny. I thought it was Wind Gap, but then when I listened to the documentary, it's Wind Gap. It's spelled W-I-N-D. That's how you spell it. That's wind gap. They say wine gap. They don't. That's they, why I was like, people can Kelly pronounce things differently. It's missing an e. <laughs> so wine gap. Uh, sorry. On Christmas morning, two thousand eight, the residents of Wine Gap, County Kilkenny, awoke to the smell of smoke. Some people left their houses to try and figure out where the smell was emanating from. They spotted smoke billowing from Sharon Whelan's house. Sharon's neighbor, neighbors began to panic immediately as the new Sharon was in the house along with her two daughters, Zara, age seven, and Nadia, age two. The fire brigade were called and as they battled the intense gulf, neighbours watched in horror. Three local men, risking their own lives, broke down the front door to the property and carried Sharon and her two daughters out of the house. Wow. It was too late. Sharon, Zara and Nadia all perished in the fire. That's smoking relation, did they, and died? Yeah. A fire that was initially thought to be an accident, maybe Christmas tree lights, maybe a candle that was not extinguished, but the truth uh, would turn out to be much more harrowing and much more terrifying. So Sharon Whelan was born in 1978. She was given up for adoption and was living in St. Joseph's Orphanage in Kilkenny. Christy and Nancy Whelan decided to adopt Sharon. Christy and Nancy had a son, John, and had sadly lost their first child and daughter, Jacqueline, at age 10 months. Also, if you get a chance to watch this documentary, please do, because her parents, when I tell you my heart's broken for them, Hmm. like the devastation this has caused them, and they're so strong, um, it's desperately sad. So Sharon's brother John remembers travelling to the orphanage and having his parents introduce him to his new sister. He was 12 years old and said there was so much excitement in the family with the new addition. Also, her sister, his, her brother John is amazing. He's incredible. So do watch the documentary if you can. So Christy and Nancy wanted to give Sharon a good life and make her feel loved, welcomed and part of a family. Sharon's mum, Nancy, described Sharon as bubbly, kind and a free spirit. Her father, Christy, said she had an amazing personality and that she was incredibly affable. John, her brother, said that Sharon always wanted to be a mother. She loved children from an early age and longed for a baby of her own. 
So uh, Sharon became pregnant with her first daughter, Zara, and she was elated. Zara became very close to her grandparents and regularly attended GAA matches with her grandfather. Nancy also mentioned how Zara would come to their house every day after school, how they would hear, quote, the pitter-patter of Zara's little feet outside their back door. Six years after having Zara, Sharon became pregnant again. She gave birth to another little girl whom she named Nadia. At age two, Nadia was diagnosed with autism and Sharon and her family were beginning to plan for Nadia's future and how they would ensure she received the care that she needed. Zara and Nadia were incredibly close. John Whelan, that's their uncle, yeah. Sharon's brother, remembers Zara as being full of energy and love, that she was, quote, a lovely little soul. John said that Zara was always with Nadia, minding her and helping her. Nadia had just turned two and was only beginning to try and speak, but John said she had a huge personality. So this is from the Irish Independent. Uh, he remembers Nadia grabbing his hand and guiding him down to the playroom, where she'd point at whatever toy had grabbed her interest. She was affectionate, a little ball of energy. So John Whelan, Sharon's brother, told of how the last time he spoke to Sharon was on December 23rd, two days before Christmas. Sharon adored Christmas. It was one of the times of the year, um, sorry, one of the times during the year where she would get to be with her entire family, with some of her extended family living abroad during the year. <clears throat> Sharon was excited for her two little girls and the gifts she had gotten them. During her phone call to John, she asked him if his oldest son had a specific video game for his PlayStation. She wanted to buy it for him. Mm. John said those were the last words he spoke to his little sister. At 10pm on Christmas Eve, Sharon rang her father, Christy. Christy and Nancy had been storing Zara and Nadia's presents for Sharon, and John then dropped them down to the house. Sharon told him she would see him in the morning for Christmas Day Mass. Sharon's mother also remembers the last time she spoke, spoke to her daughter. Sharon told her, quote... This kind of goes back to what we were talking about this morning. I have all my bills paid, ma'am. Aww. Nancy explained that Sharon was a single mother and being on top of her bills was very important to her. Aww. She then said, I will see you tomorrow morning for Mass. This will be the last time anyone in the Whelan family would speak to Sharon. Fuck's sake. The next morning, Christy Whelan called his daughter to ask that the kids were enjoying their gifts. He said he called twice and when there was no answer, he thought maybe Sharon was eating breakfast or too busy with Zara and Nadia. Before he could make the third phone call, Christy saw a taxi pull into the front yard. When he opened the front door, the taxi man told him, Christy, Sharon's house is on fire. Could you fucking imagine on Christmas Day? Christy said he ran to the house and he could see it was completely engulfed. He thought maybe Sharon was somewhere hiding with Zara and Nadia, that they had somehow escaped. He called for them, but there was no answer. As he reached the side of the house, the roof collapsed, taking away one half of the house. Holy God. Uh, so the three men that I spoke about earlier that took them out of the house had already entered the house unbeknownst to Christy and he watched them carry Nadia, then Zara, then his daughter Sharon out of the house. All three were lifeless. John Whelan, his Sharon's brother as I mentioned, was having a shower when he could hear his wife downstairs on the phone loudly telling John's mother to calm down, that she could not understand what Nancy was saying. John ran downstairs taking the mobile from his wife Sandra. His first instinct was to avoid making his children aware of any distress that was happening, so he stepped outside. Nancy told him through tears and screaming that Sharon, Nadia and Zara were all gone. That there had been a house fire and they were gone. <clears throat> John said shock set in and he tried to convince himself that they were alive, that they had escaped and were somewhere safe and it was all a misunderstanding. I just kept looking for alternatives, he said, but then word got back to us that they'd been found inside. John said he felt completely overwhelmed and ultimately he felt powerless. I'm the oldest, he said. I was used to being the one who fixed things or tried to fix them. I've never felt so useless. Sharon's mother, Nancy, said the pain was indescribable, that she wanted to die and go with them. They were all my children, she said. 
This is heartbreaking. It's fucking heartbreaking. Like to lose anybody, to lose any member of your family. Horrible. To lose them to what we talk about. But like to lose your child, your grandchild yeah. on Christmas, Christmas Day. Day. Like to wake up in the morning and be like, I'm going to ring them. Cause Chris- and I know like Christmas means a lot. It, it can be a good thing for some yeah. people and other people hate yeah. it. But even yeah. if you don't like it, there is this weird... It's a family thing. It's but like there's this weird optimism oh, Christmas morning. Is. You're hopeful. Christmas is like, hope-like. And I just thought it was like he rang her twice and she didn't answer and he was like, oh, she's probably with the kids. And then a taxi man pulls up to your yard and is like, your daughter's house is on fucking fire. fire like. um, so, da-da-da-da. Sorry, yeah. So the Guardian Fire Services began investigating to try and find the source of the fire. The initial consensus was that the fire was an electrical fault. Sharon and her daughters lived in an old townhouse and the idea that a fault would occur with older wiring was not unheard of. Sharon's dad, however, was adamant that it was not the wiring, telling his son John, quote, no, Sharon was always very careful about things like that. So the Guardian initially believed this to be a tragic accident until St. Stephen's Day when a call was made to Detective Sergeant Jim Ling from the pathologist who carried out Sharon's autopsy. Both Zara and Nadia had died from carbon monoxide poisoning due to smoke inhalation but Sharon had no sign of smoke in her lungs. So she wasn't breathing? Yeah, this meant Sharon had been dead before the fire started. <clears throat> even more damning were the marks Our found... pathologists are amazing. They're amazing. So even more damning were the marks found around Sharon's neck. Sharon's th- thyroid cartilage and hyoid bone, bone sorry, were fractured and the cause of death was strangulation. Mm. So Mary Cassidy was called in to confirm Sharon's cause of death. She agreed with the pathologist who had carried out Sharon's autopsy that she had been murdered. So the Guardian began a murder investigation, like, immediately. An extensive inquiry began with the Guardian believing someone in the local area had carried out the murder and arson. And that guy, that guy, the weird guy that I told you about that I was taking, I don't want to show you a picture, he's a sociologist. And he was saying that, like, 99% of murders that are carried out in small towns, it's always someone in the local area. So that's immediately why Guardi go looking. He was like, it's rarely somebody outside, it's rarely somebody that's come in. That's why Ian Bailey did it. <coughs> said Sarah allegedly he'll sue us I hope he does coming for us he's not going to win we don't have any money he hasn't won a single court case he's taken so uh, detectives conducted door to door interviews and almost 300 people gave statements the Guardian also took DNA and fingerprints from people who were known to or close to Sharon so due in part to the three men who attempted to rescue Sharon and her girls and the efforts of the fire brigade the room in which they were found was basically saved from burning down meaning the Guardi could collate evidence. Oh, wow. So they got them out in, like they got them out in a condition where the Guardi could check for things. And also the room was kept so they could check the room for evidence and stuff. Because that rarely happens in a fire. It's yeah. usually just shit's gone. They don't know what's going on. Sharon, who was found naked from the waist down in, the, in her bedroom, along with the two girls, um, had DNA evidence not only on her body, but on the blanket that was found over her. So Dr. Mary Cassidy also discovered other injuries in Sharon's body, including bruising to her cheekbones, abrasions on her knees and bruising to her thigh. Cassidy stated that these injuries uh, would be found in cases where sex was not consensual um, and that could not be excluded that sex was attempted after she became unconscious or around the time of death. So Sharon had been raped and strangled. Jesus Christ. So this is from the Irish examiner verbatim. Uh, Quote, there was no evidence of a long struggle. Mary Cassidy wrote there was no defensive type injuries she pointed out that the pressure to the neck can result in rapid unconsciousness so basically I think she was trying to say she didn't this guy it was quick and she didn't suffer almost yeah. like you know that way 
So Gardy still strongly believed that someone in the local area carried out the heinous crime and began taking DNA samples from everyone. Everyone in the area, they were like, give us a sample. Do you um, have to, like, do you have to... I don't think legally, I don't think legally you have to. But I think... If you were like, no, it, then you're like... It, well, well, it makes you look bad, well, you know? So on January 3rd, 23-year-old postman Brian Hennessy arrived at the Garda station to give his DNA sample as requested by the Gardaí. Brian asked the Gardaí why he was being asked to give DNA samples. They explained that it was in part of the ongoing investigation into the death of Sharon and her daughters and they wanted to reel him out. Sharon only knew him as a passing acquaintance and the two never had a relationship. So she didn't know, she knew him to be like, hey, how's it going? And he knew her, but they had no relationship. When the DNA results arrived back, the Gardaí found a perfect match to the DNA found in Sharon, Sharon's body and it was Brian Hennessy. So they, what? Had they had him like in days, they had him. So on January 15th, Brian Hennessy was arrested and brought to Kilkenny Garda station. He vehemently denied any involvement in the murders. And when the Garda interviewed Brian, he told them that he had called to the house that night, but only, had sex with her. only because Sharon had given him an open invitation to come over whenever he wanted. Yeah, sure. He told Garda that he and Sharon had met weeks previous and decided to start sleeping with one another. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. The Garda continued to interview Hennessy throughout the night. I hate these men. Hate them. It gets worse. Oh, it gets worse. Brian stated that the sex between them had been consensual and that they had, quote, gentle and quiet sex in the bed where Sharon's seven year old daughter was sleeping. Sorry? This is what he told the guards. This is how much of a psychopath this motherfucker is. He was like, yeah, we had sex in our bed where her seven year old was sleeping beside us. Quiet and gentle sex is the words he used. Hennessy then said he stayed for a few hours and as he was about to leave, Sharon had threatened to tell locals about what had happened, including telling Brian's girlfriend. Brian told the guardie that he then strangled Sharon in order to keep her from telling his girlfriend. Excuse me? <laughs> like, this is the bullshit. The bullshit. Why? But you know what? When these men, right? The gig is up. The gig is the up. The gig is up. The gig is up. up. So like, why? What I don't understand, and I know we've spoken about this before. Why drag her further to the mud? And he dragged and dragged like, and dragged. Like, why say... Like, the, remember that guy? I can't remember. And I'm so bad at this. But do you remember the story I told where he, like, kidnapped that lady? Oh, and then he was like, we had sex. I went in and uh, we had... We she agreed randomly to have sex had sex in the kitchen. Yeah, she agreed to have sex with me. And then, uh, like, they were like, no, you raped her. And he was like, no, no, we had sex in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, to this guy, the... the he Wait, like, get on. I'll explain to you in a second, all right? So, Hennessy said... Uh, Okay, sorry. So the guardie continued to interview Hennessy. So Hennessy said that he'd stayed for a few hours and he was about to leave and she threatened and he was like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Brian told the guardie that he'd strangled Sharon in order to stop telling his girlfriend. So he's like, I killed her because she was going to tell my girlfriend that I slept with her. I'm sure your girlfriend cares about your tiny penis, Hennessy. So Hennessy said he strangled, strangled Sharon in the living room and watched her die in front of him. Jesus. He then decided to drag Sharon's body into the bedroom where her children were asleep. The kids were still asleep, fast asleep in bed, like. He told Gardy at the time that he did not, however, start a fire in the house. Instead, he had said he had left immediately after laying Sharon's body on the floor. Nonsense. The Gardy conducted another interview with Hennessy in which they asked again if he had started the fire. Hennessy finally broke down and told the Gardy that he had. This is all in one night that they're interviewing him. So after murdering Sharon, he had sat for a number of hours, maybe three or four, in the kitchen just trying to decide what to do. Those two girls were in bed and their mammy was in dead beside them. Like He then made up his mind to destroy any evidence of the crime that had happened. Hennessy took a cigarette lighter from his pocket and set fire to a pile of clothes that lay in Sharon's kitchen table. So he was questioned in total for 15 hours and they gave like seven interviews. On the final seventh interview, he admitted to burning the house down. Would not admit to the rape. 
but admitted to murdering her and burning the house down but wouldn't admit to the rape. The local area were completely shocked when they heard Hennessy admitted to the murder of Sharon, Zara and Nadia. Brian was well known in the area and was regarded She's a fucking postman. And was regarded as a quiet, respectful twenty three year old who played the GAA. Like whatever. Ah, he was you in the know, GAA. in those country towns. It's oh like, my god, my mother knows my postman like the back of her ah, Sorry. My mother knows her post our postman like the back of her hand like. But you know, like the post remember like, hey, let's go. Like, that's who you go to in the village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Here, do you know such and such? Yeah. Do you know where, you this, where person this person is? is yeah. Um, so like, everyone was like, What the fuck? No one could believe that this had happened like so as I said being a postman nearly every person in the town would have interacted with him yeah. at some point so Gardy began to piece together Hennessy's movements on the day of the Whelan's murders Hennessy had been working nights for the local sorting office and had arrived home to his parents house at 8am on Christmas Eve at 10am his mother woke him up and asked him to go get the turkey for the Christmas day dinner Brian did as his mother asked and then after that he went to visit his girlfriend at 3.30pm on Christmas Eve... This guy Eve, hadn't slept then. No. Well, he yeah, he'd worked like four nights in a row. He had no sleep. So, and then it's so funny because his, like, solicitor was trying Defense to be like, he was really it. tired. I know when I'm really tired, I go murder a mother and her two children yeah, in the house. Yeah, I go and rape someone. Fucking idiots. So at 3.30pm on Christmas Eve, Brian met with a number of colleagues and his father and brother to celebrate his birthday, which had been two days previous. Hennessy and his family continued to drink, moving to the local pub, Guinies or Guinans, I'm not sure, closer to his home in Wine Gap. At this point, Hennessy had been drinking for 10 hours straight. At 1.30am, when Guinans closed, Brian and his sister, who had joined them later in the evening, went back to their parents' home. Brian told his sister he had forgotten his coat and was going back to the pub to retrieve it. Locals making their way home from the pubs mentioned the seeing Hennessy weaving his way down the road, obviously very drunk. Hennessy never made it back to Guinans, but instead walked to Sharon Whelan's house. Hennessy knew that Sharon and her children were in the house and he made By the two-kilometre walk in the pitch dark absolutely with the intention of going into Sharon's house and raping her. He was trying to be like, oh, I just went for a walk. It was the 1.30 in the morning in the pitch dark in the middle of nowhere in Kilkenny and you're trying to tell people you didn't walk to that woman's house because you knew she was by herself and you were going to do something to her. Like, clearly that's what you were doing. Um, Hennessy told Gardy that he, quote, went out looking for sex. Couldn't just go to your girlfriend for sex. What? Yeah. He's like, that was part of the thing. He's like, I just went out looking for sex. Just go have sex with your girlfriend. What are you doing? Hennessy had also told his friends this during their night out. They didn't think much of it. They thought he was being a bollocks until a few days later when they heard of Sharon's rape and murder. So he was like, I'm out. I'm going out looking for sex. He said this to his friends that night. And they were like, oh, what kind of people are these? I don't know. If someone said that to me, that was my I'd friend. Like, what does like, that mean? What? And also, why don't you go have sex with your girlfriend? Like, what do you mean? What do you mean you're going out looking for sex? Also, go have sex with your girlfriend, friend. Like, you have a fucking girlfriend. Go bang Only her. if she wants to. Yeah. But like, do you know what I mean? He could have been like, you're a good droid. Do you know what I mean? But that, like, Anyway, uh, so on Christmas Day, Brian Han- Hennessy, I got very nervous. Christmas Day, Brian Hennessy sat at his, at his kitchen table with his family eating Christmas dinner as Sharon Walsh, Walsh's family's world crumbled in front of them. What a. Nancy Whelan spoke of doctors trying to sedate her. Have you ever heard this before? Her throat closed up from shock and terror. Yeah. I've never, she said she couldn't swallow her throat. Yeah. I was like, I've never heard of that before. Like the doctors were trying to sedate her and then when they were trying to sedate her she got so scared and she was so terrified that her throat closed up. Yeah. Poor woman. Um, Brian Hennessy opened gifts with his family and then on the 1st of January walked to St. Nicholas Church and watched the woman and two children who he had murdered be buried. He went to her funeral. Why do they do that? Why did they go to their funeral? How many cases have I done now? Yeah, or they all the murderer went to the funeral. Yeah. 
Hennessy's trial began uh, began in November 2019. Initially, he denied all wrongdoing, even after admitting everything to the Gardaí. So at the 11th hour, Hennessy relinquished and pleaded guilty to all three murders, but denied raping Sharon. As he, what is that the, why is that the thing he's hanging on to? And you know what's really messed up? Is that obviously Sharon's family knew she'd been murdered, that, she had, that had happened to her, but they weren't aware of the rape. And it was only when they went to see their solicitor that their solicitor had the case file and he was like, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but your daughter was raped. And they had no idea. No one told them. And I don't know if that's a like little town thing. I don't know. I don't get it. But nobody Why told wouldn't them. a like liaison officer for no the family idea. tell them? They were like... So once you're <laughs> like, a, if you're like a family that's a victim of like uh, yeah. anything, you get a liaison officer yeah. and so the liaison like, officer is supposed to inform you Why didn't you they tell her? But they found out when they went to speak to their solicitor. Their sister small was like, girl, like maybe small... Maybe a small town And then like the officer knew them and didn't want to go and tell her dad like, that. that. They had to tell, like they sat there and were told your daughter and her two children were murdered and she was raped. And he denied the rape. He fucked, like, you know. Uh, As he pleaded guilty, no jury was needed. So there was no jury brought in for it. So the details of Sharon and her children's horrific murders were read to the court in detail as Sharon's family wept. Hennessy told the court that he didn't know why he had done what he'd done. Quote, I never thought about the children. I was just worried about the murder. Hennessy's a real uh, grade A piece of shit, isn't he? Garbage. So on November 17th, Judge Barry White. Barry White. Passed down his sentencing. Having a shake. (laughs) Judge White said that Hennessy had added to the Whelan's family's suffering by waiting until the 11th hour to change his plea. He handed down three life sentences for the murders of Sharon, Zara and Nadia, imposing the mandatory three life sentences. Judge White said two of the sentences should run consecutively and one concurrently, meaning Hennessy should spend at least 30 years behind bars. This at the time was a very rare sentence to be handed down and one the Whelan, Whelan family fully supported. Hennessy wept in the courtroom as it was read out. But he's only 27, 28. 23. He's 23. He'll be out in, like mm. before he's 60. Wait to hear this. So John this is we- going to make me angry. Yep. John Whelan gave an impact statement in the courtroom. He said, An innocent mother and her two young daughters, their lives meant nothing to you. She was a wonderful mother. Like any single mother, she had her tough times, but those children wanted for nothing. Those three girls were the centre of everything for my parents and you, Brian Hennessy, took that away. Christmas for us is no more a time of celebration. It is a time of loss and grief. The pain is overwhelming. The murder of our girls has left a hole in our hearts. We would also like to make it clear that we bear no animosity to the Hennessy family. They cannot be held responsible for the actions of one man. He and he alone must take responsibility for his actions. Her brother's amazing. Her brother's fucking incredible. The guardian and detectives involved in the case attended the trial and they embraced the Whelan family once the verdict was read. Because they were really upset, like, mm. that's a small town, you know what I mean? Everybody knows everybody. So in 2010, John Whelan received a call from a local Garda. He informed John that Brian Hennessy had appealed his sentence and had been successful in doing so. Hennessy's sentence was reviewed as unduly severe and was ruled that all three terms should run concurrently instead of consecutively. Sorry? Hennessy would only serve one life sentence. He killed three people. So their solicitor told them, because he is only one person, he can only have one life sentence. Can't have three. But he killed three Three people. people. Two children. This meant that in early 2016, Hennessy will be due for parole, having served seven years. It's an insult, John said at the time. No one has ever explained to my family which one he's serving that sentence for. In the eyes of the state, the other two lives clearly didn't mean anything. Hennessy was denied parole, obviously, 
and has continued to be denied parole, but the Weenan family are under constant stress. They have to write to a parole board continuously every year to keep the man who murdered their family in prison. So this is from The Independent. This is verbatim. Uh, John said, It feels like we've been dragged back to square one and it's so unfair. We've been through enough to force the family to go through the stress and anxiety of a parole hearing seven years after one third of your family has been wiped out. It's not right. So John Whelan has begun campaigning for Ireland to have similar sentencing tariffs to the UK justice system, hoping that parole will only be offered for two specific crimes after 25 to 35 years spent in prison as opposed to seven. John said, quote, but that takes political uh, will to change. And for some reason, it's not there. Families aren't central to the justice system. They're on the periphery. There's no justice in the justice system. It's broken and it needs to change and change fast. But before another year goes by and another 60 families are left to go through what we've been through. Jesus. So in 2019, Justice Helen McEntee confirmed details of the implementation of the Parole Act 2019. The Act ensures that life sentence killers will no longer be eligible for parole after seven years, but instead 12. The Whelans welcome this Act, even if it does seem like a small victory. Brian Hennessy remains in jail. He's still in jail. He's not out. When did you to get out then? Well, like 30. He got seven... Well, like, he still has to... The thing is, he still has to serve 30 years. The problem is, he can now apply for parole every seven years, or every year after the seven years. So after seven years, he can apply every single year for parole up to his 30 years. So they're saying more than likely he's going to get out. Way before that. That's the problem. Whereas in the UK, you have to serve 25 to 35 years after committing a murder before you'll be even considered for parole. Like it's fucking murder. It's murder. He murdered two children, a seven-year-old and a two-year-old, and raped a woman and murdered her and burned their house down. And then went to her fucking funeral. So John Whelan spoke of going to the funeral home and seeing three coffins laid out. He said he remembers how small Zara and Nadia looked and how when he looked at Sharon, he could see the marks on her neck. Sharon, Zara and Nadia were buried on January 1st, 2009 in St. Nicholas Church in Wine Gap, County Kilkenny. Hundreds of mourners attend, lining the streets of the small town. John said he remembers walking behind the coffins of his sisters and niece, sister and nieces, the numbness he felt, but also how much love, love there was for Sharon and her daughter. Nancy, Sharon's mother, spoke of how Sharon's landlord and the owner of the house had called her to tell her that all of Sharon's belongings had been destroyed except for one box. When Nancy opened the box, there was a glass angel statue sitting inside, sorry, untouched by the fire. The angel was a gift from her granddaughters and Nancy believed this angel will always look out well oh for her. Oh my God. The Whelans have described that how they now have no goals in life anymore, how they have given up on ever trying finding joy again and how their family has been decimated by the loss of Sharon, Zara and Nadia. We can only hope that John's work in changing the parole laws of this country will keep Hennessy behind bars for as long as possible and give the Whelans some peace. And that is the horrific, horrific, horrific story of the murder of Sharon Whelan and her two daughters. And how once again, our lovely judicial system has been like, what's that? You murdered two children and a woman? Seven years. I I don't understand how it'd be like, oh, you've only got one life to live. Wait, that's what the solicitor told um, her family. They were like, because he has one life, he can only serve one life sentence. They were like, because... But I'm like, so why did Judge White give... Why is he passing... This is the second case I've done where Judge White has done this. He's passed down and then it's gone to the High Court and the High Court have been like, no, you can't do that. Is he still a judge? Yeah, I think so. Oh, no, actually, I don't think he is. Couldn't be. I don't Spirit think he is. Um, 
just fucked up. If you do get a chance to watch the documentary, do. It's Maru in our mask. I think it's how it's pronounced. Um, and it's on Tisha Kahar and it's very, very well made and horrifically sad. Like her parents are just broken. They're broken, like. And they adopted her to try and like give her everything she probably wouldn't have gotten. And that's fucking how she was 30. Like she was 30 years old. I hope that motherfucker's rots in jail. I hope he fucking rots in jail, I swear to God. And you know what's really bizarre is he had no previous, any previous criminal activity. Yeah, that's not too, And what did his girlfriend nothing, say? Nothing, nothing. Did she stand by she him? Probably, no, she didn't. She was like, see ya. Yeah. But did she say like he had any like... No, she said nothing about him. Devious tendencies? No, but I was thinking, right. You know when they, ever, when they say he had no criminal uh, past that you know of? That's what I always think when I'm like, whenever they say that he has no criminal, criminal past. He's yeah, but usually there's like... Not that, that you know yeah, of. Yeah, but usually just fodder, like... Oh, there's something. Just like, like people... Like, but what I mean by that is usually like someone will come to the paper and be like... Well, no, actually, and that's the thing. Nobody said anything about him. Nobody was like, oh, he was a weirdo, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, he was out drinking with all his mates and like having a great night and like... Do you know what I mean? But to think, to go to yourself, I'm going to go to this woman's house. I'm going to rape her. And then be like, fuck. And instead of just leaving, you strangle her. And when her two children are in bed, you burn her house down. That's, how do you go from A to like Z that quickly? That's insanity. Mm. Like that's, and he sat in that house for four hours while her daughter's laying in bed and her mom, their mommy was dead in the rent. Was it, was like. And said he didn't rape her, that they had sex. Quiet and nice sex with her daughter in the bed. What the fuck is wrong with him? What the fuck is wrong with him? He raped her in the living room, strangled her and dragged her into her children's bedroom. Why did he go there? I don't know. I don't know. And she, like, his people were like, they were trying to figure out had she any sort of relationship with her. They checked her mobile phone. They checked everything. Nothing. There was no communication between them. Nothing. And the other thing I want to say about people living in the country, stop opening your door. Yeah. At one o'clock in the fucking morning. Because yeah. I know my mother would do that if someone knocked on the door. Yeah. Stop. Do not open your fucking doors. Don't like, yeah. and if you're going to what she, what you're going to open your doors, ring someone, get them to come down to the house if something's wrong. But yeah. don't open your doors because clearly she was just like, oh hey, what's up? And then that happened. Christmas Eve. Oh, it's horrible. Anyway, he's a piece of shit, and I hope he's rotten in hell. But her brother is doing amazing work. Like he's doing massive amounts of work to get the parole laws changed and everything. Like fair folks to him. Yeah, amazing. Um, and he's working with a group as well that uh, helps. Uh, the families of victims in Ireland who have been murdered. So there's an, I think it's called Advict, it's called. Okay. So he's helping them as well and, and speaking to people and going around talking to people and stuff. He's great. Like, I think he's actually a professor, but he's amazing. But, um... You did a great job. Thanks. Very sad. Um, so from now on, the new format of this show is I don't do any work. <laughs> okay. And, you do, and I do all the work. Yeah. Is that it? Okay, yeah. very good. Well, um, you're going to make me food now. I appreciate that. And <laughs> I appreciate everything you've done for me. I appreciate that I just get to be a visitor on you this podcast. You just get to sit here and be like, mm-hmm, uh-huh, okay, uh-huh, Yeah, like mm-hmm, I just... Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, thanks very much. You're welcome. For supporting me through this difficult time. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, it. I'm doing a story twice just because Sarah's not feeling well. Sorry, people are probably like, why is Emma doing two stories? But I don't not feel well. You just wanted me to do anything. Yeah, well, you're not feeling well. So, no, I'm going to uh, do it. You had a fall. I had a fall. I got hit by a car. <laughs> a mess. This is like a mess. Yeah, no, this month has not been a good month. <sighs> it's nearly over. It's nearly over. It's nearly over. I just keep waiting for the next thing to go wrong. I know. No. It's nearly over. Um, we'll get there. And um, you know, it'll be fine and everything's fine. 
but yes thank you for listening and once again sorry if that was downer but uh, is there a song to sing it's called hashtag's call and be like hey it's kid murder again sorry yeah but, uh, it is really hard it's hard it's hard and sometimes when we're doing the stories it is like we're not oh. and I, oh, I know we always say this but we're in no way making light of that situation we're not like, in no way like, making light of it I like, think it, yeah it's just that thing where you're like like there's some where you're like it's just yeah I can't do this like but uh, we're yeah. nowhere making light of anything it's just it gives a br- I just feel like it gives a break it does give a break it gives a, b- a break to mm. it and also Colin's a genius <laughs> fucking genius um, someone anyway. sent me a message the other day and they just said Colin needs a Grammy and I was like agreed Colin does need a Grammy agreed like also shout out to Debs who got who married her beautiful girlfriend now wife last week? I just wanted to say congratulations to her because she's been like a follower of this podcast since day oh, one. Oh yeah, that's the picture you showed um, me. Yeah, so Debs that I used to work with, she got married to her beautiful wife the other day, and they looked they so beautiful. Did look beautiful and so happy. And I'm well so done. For her. Congratulations, Debs. Congratulations. Congratulations to Debs on love. Lesbian. Lesbian Woo! love. And um, but that's everything. Have you anything else? Uh, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Have a good week. See you next week. Try not to get hit by a car. Don't get hit by a car. Don't fall down any steps. Don't have a fall. Don't have a fall. Sarah's gonna make me food. Yeah, I'm gonna make curry chips and brown crackers and all the all the trimmings and then I'm gonna make uh, I'm gonna dye your hair. Yay! Well, we'll see about that because I feel like you're tired and I don't want to make you nervous. Shut up. Uh, but say bye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 I was doing next to nothing about a year ago. But Sarah Jane and Emma came and knocking on my door. Said they figured out a better way to pass the time. Do a little podcast. We're searching through crime. They wanted hoodies, cats and bees, the kind of place where men are not allowed. They wanted hoodies, cats and bees. On Sunday night, Sarah Jane would come around and lay a story down. And just about when everything was going as planned, Sarah Jane and Emma started making demands. You're gonna have to edit out for what we say. Well, I'll only record if we're sitting on a bed. Oodies, cats, and bees. Well, I've got supply of Jenny Glow. They wanted oodies, cats, and bees. Homicide, some army hammer jokes, and a song to end the show. Oodies, cats, and bees.